the Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. Welcome to the Instructor Podcast Green Room Edition. This is a show we cover all the goings on within our driving instructor world. As always, I am your splendid host, Terry Cook. I'm delighted to be here, but even more delighted that you have chosen to listen. And today we are catching up with the second half of the Green Room Review of the Year. That's right, it was a bit too long, uh, about two hours, 15 minutes. So split it into two parts. And today you get in the second half where we're looking at some of the things we're not overly impressed with in the industry, as well as looking at the last quarter of 2023. So hope you enjoyed the first part and I hope you enjoyed this part. Okay, dokie. So let us move on to the next question then, uh, which I will be taking this one first. And I've just realized what it is. So I don't know whether that's good or bad, but this is the most disappointing thing about the industry in 2023. So you'll potentially be in your element with this one, Stuart. Um, the I've been thinking about this one a lot. The other answers came to me fairly easily for these questions. This one and I've struggled with and I struggle for the phrasing because I think we what I'm about to describe. I don't think anyone's actually doing anything wrong. It's just something I don't like. So I'm going to be very careful not to offend anyone. So if anyone is offended, it's not meant on this occasion. Other times it is. One of the things that's bothering me is that there's a, at times there's a pretense of originality and a lack of creativity in the industry. And it's, I'm going to use the example of, because I mentioned it before, Megan asked, I'm changing what I'm going to say now. Uh, Tom, you obviously do webinars, for example. There is clearly a place for that in our industry. There is a place for someone like yourself to go and present to however many people turn up for that webinar and present to them for an hour plus, whatever it might be. So people can get that deep dive, that information and all this kind of stuff. What there is also a place for is for someone to go, hmm, I like that. I want to do something different. Let's get nine people on over three hours to talk for 20 minutes at a time. There are yeah. places for both of them because what you've got there is a kind of a traditional thing that works really well and someone that's put a twist on it. What I'm getting disappointed with is I'm going to do webinars and I'm the first person to ever do a webinar or I'm going to do a nine-person meganar that's done last year and i'm the first person to ever it's like no you're not this isn't original if you want to release a podcast which there are five podcasts been released this year yeah. of which four are still running there may be more that i'm unaware of there are more than five podcasts been released there are five driving instructor podcasts been released this year there are two that i'm aware of being released fairly early next year right and if you're releasing a podcast do not pretend it is original unless it is original and you're putting a complete different spin on it. You know, the same with it, whether it's training companies or webinars or, or whatever. Do not pretend it is original unless it is. There is absolutely nothing wrong with starting up Terry's instructor training company and me doing exactly the same as what you might do, Tom. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that because there's a place for more than one people doing it. But I would go. I like what Tom's doing. I'm going to do what Tom's doing. You know, uh, when I did the, when I, maybe I wasn't consistent with it, but when I moved the five-minute theory onto Thursdays, the reason I moved onto Thursdays was Theory Thursday. It'll sit in quite nicely. And I realized that was the day that the um, Driving Confidence podcast went out. 
So I got in touch with Kevin Tracy Field and says, do you mind? I would have been a bit annoyed if they said, yeah, I'm not going to lie. But <laughs> I didn't want to encroach anyone. And I'm not saying that everyone has to go to that extreme, but I'm just, I want to see more creativity. We mentioned before, Stuart, about no one had done this before me. Right, well, do something else. Do something new. What, what, I don't care what. Do something new now or do the same, but admit it's the same and say what it is. I, I want to see more creativity. I want to see more leaders, experts, innovators, and game changers. You know, that's what I want. And it's it's disappointing that there isn't more. I think that's the big thing. It's disappointing that there isn't more leaders, innovators, experts, and game changers showcasing what they've got. And here's the thing. I specifically haven't named anyone because I'm not actually thinking of any individual. It's a broad thing. However, if you're listening to that and thinking it applies to you, it probably does because you're thinking it and not me. <laughs> so no offense intended to anyone, but take it as appropriate and just do something innovative all with a twist. I'm going to shut up because I'm digging a bigger hole. Tom, I mean, in fact, you know what? This is the first time I've said it for mine because I've been saying nice things up until now and I've not wanted anyone to come back. Does anyone want to come back on what I've said there? Well, I wanted to tell you about my new podcast, but I'm not going to bother. <laughs> How can I mute you? you? <laughs> I, I, I want to empathise slightly because um, Stuart mentioned you know, we didn't used to have Facebook, which I appreciate for some people might be a bit of a surprising thing. We also didn't have mobile phones. Um, you know, there, there was a choke in a car. There's, there's a whole long list of stuff. Um, but I set up the first Facebook group for driving instructors. And every week it felt like someone thought they could do it better. And it didn't work. Um, and... And it's really frustrating from from that perspective because do it, look at it and go, you know, there, there's a really good idea there having a group, but make it different. Hmm. Don't make it, you know, instead of I'm a driving instructor and I'm on Facebook, um, I'm a driving instructor and I've got a sense of humour. Um, I'm a driving instructor and I've got a car. Uh, I'm a driving, you know, it, it, I love innovation. I love creativity. It annoys me, and it's a conversation Terry and I have had numerous times, um, uh, when people are recycling stuff. I want to hear your ideas. I want to hear from people that have got understanding, not just knowledge. And and that's my my theory test mantra. Is it, you know, the reason people fail is because they haven't got understanding, they've only got knowledge. Don't read the highway code because it's a book of knowledge, it's not a book of understanding. Um, you know, read it by all means, but don't rely on the highway code. So it, it's the same thing. You know, I, I what I would love to see in 2024 is some really challenging out there new ideas instead of rehashing of of old ones, including from the DVSA. To link together what what Stuart was saying about the industry needing a re a re vamp and and the process to be changed and lou walsh um lou's parting comment with me was on a dvsa um zoom call and uh it, it was a reference to when uh the tragic moment when a gorilla got shot because a child had encroached in its enclosure and i'd allegedly said um that you know no one considered shooting the child 
which on paper is the logical decision, um, which she she brought up again regarding audit and should we keep it? You know, there's this assumption that we we have a need audit that we should have it there in the first place. Um, little did we know at that moment that was the last thing she was going to say to me, uh, and um, you know it, it's kind of it stayed with me about that. Yes, I want to be the person that suggests shooting the child in that scenario, um, so it's considered. I want to challenge things in that way. Doesn't mean I'm right, but if we're not doing it, if we're not taking that approach, if we're doing the same thing over and over again, we're never going to change things. We're never going to get a different way of doing things. So, you know, I, I think it, it's not about don't set up a podcast, don't start a group, don't you bring out your own version of training, but make it your own. You know, don't just change the colour. You know, do, do something different about it. And and I think that it that's I would love us to be sat here at the end of 2024 saying, look at all this unique stuff. And and to to note something the DVSA have done in that in that vein, ready to pass. I don't remember a, a campaign that even touched on on what they've achieved with, with that. And that I know there are statistics, but statistics will say whatever they want them to. Um, but I, I just think it has, you know, it has done that and it's it's done some wonderful stuff. And there's been some great stuff, but there's been some stale stuff as well. And I'd, I'd just like to see a bit more of a challenge. And maybe that's where, you know, these untainted PDIs are actually able to access stuff because of Facebook, because of um you know podcasts because of more accessible cpd maybe they're able to then come in and go i can put a twist on it before i get dragged down that route that everyone else has gone down and we all become a bit me too i just wanted to go back at chris with uh not not, not come back at you just add, add a little point to, to to the conversation um because it links with my next point which is are we given the dvsa credit for ready to pass um which it's a good campaign but they did bring that campaign in to um reduce the waiting times it wasn't anything to do with road safety yeah. i don't i don't in my opinion i don't i don't think it was unless anyone knows anything different so um yeah good, good campaign but was it was it creative i'm not i'm not sure i would i, I don't know if that i'm just throwing it out there for I would say that there is an element of it that isn't test focused, despite its name, okay. uh, which arguably isn't test focused. In that they took the what used to be the old measures of how the instructor was um, teaching, um, which was you know was it a full talk through, was it prompted, and they took that and they then turned that to focus on the the learner and brought in the reflective element into it as well which actually if we're achieving ref reflective drivers by the time they go to to their test and get become independent um then i would say actually it is improving road safety so i, I think there are ele elements there but you've got to work with your core ingredients and there's a lot of not road safety based stuff unfortunately in the industry i, I think you know if we follow that through and that's down to us if we can take that and we can take that level of reflection and, in, and and sort of say right so so now what what you need to do is to sit and and write a you know a 
a reflective log of some kind, there's lots of versions, um, to actually come back to me with something later. And if we're getting them to think more, which means challenge us more, and we don't like that, but if we can get that, yes, we will improve road safety. Um, having a long waiting list will also improve road safety. Um, so, you know, if in in a way, we sh- we sh- shouldn't want it to get shorter. But I'm not sure I want to make that argument either. Let's keep the people off the roads. I'll keep the roads, keep them safe. Uh, I do just want to touch on one thing you said, Chris, because I, I can't emphasise this enough. The Instructor Podcast was not the first podcast in the industry. I promoted my podcast on Dipod, which had been running 11 years at the time. But it's like you said, it's about putting your own spin on stuff. You know, when Motormouth came out earlier this year, which I think was in sort of March time, I think. Yeah, it was, because that was when you know showed for me. Uh, it was in um, <laughs> Motormouth. I was genuinely excited by that. Because I thought that was going to be something different for the industry. Sadly, annoyed by the way they promoted it, which was something along the lines of, unlike most, uh, unlike current driving instructor podcasts, we're going to talk about the important stuff. That annoyed me a little bit, but whatever. Um, but then it just drizzled off. But that was the sort of thing I'm talking about. That was something, it was literally a webinar they were recording, putting on YouTube, putting that on our, on our RSS feeds, making to a podcast with different guests, including people from the road safety sector. I was excited about that. And this point it went, but that's what I mean. And I think that that that's what people need to take from it. It's that idea of, I, I haven't even got a problem with someone copying. I, I actually don't, even if you don't put your own spin on it, just don't pretend it is your own. You know, I think that's the thing. At least be honest and say, I've taken this from so-and-so that I really like, and this is what I'm doing. Great. Give people the choice. They can go to the originator or they can come to you. You're giving them the choice. Even better if you put your own spin in it. Either way. Um, Tom, is there anything you want to add to that, or do you want to share your own disappointment from the industry from 2023? Oh, I've got lots of both there. Um, Yeah. (laughs) From that, I, I do sometimes wonder whether there is new stuff for our industry or whether what we're all doing are just variations. And I don't like to think that there's not new ideas going to come out. But um, you said earlier that, you know, we'd spoken about some training because some of the stuff that I do isn't really, you know, I don't see many other people doing it. But I don't think it's original. I just think that I've put a different spin on it um, and it seems to work and I've had positives from it. So I think that's a good thing. Other people might have tried it and had negatives. And so, you know, I don't want to think there's not new ideas, but I do wonder whether we're all just putting our own spin on teaching people to drive and teaching people how to teach people to drive in the simplest form. It's It's a good point. And a good example there is music. You know, it's there was a first song. Mm. So every song ever since then has been a derivative of that first song. And it just evolves. So it's very, very hard to be completely innovative and do something completely brand new. So for me, I haven't got a problem with, with what you said. If someone is just putting a spin in it or going, actually, I like this idea. This is what I'm going to do. Great. What you'll find is that then you naturally evolve it into your thing and to me there's nothing wrong with that and you know if i'm explaining myself badly i apologize i just think it's that thing of i want to see more creativity i want to see more people go oh well there's the four person show that they're doing monthly talking about this stuff well i want to do that but how can i make it a bit different i know let's do it with five people and we'll make it 
Oh, I know. Let's do it with six people, and I'll give them 60 seconds to answer or six questions or, or whatever it is. You know, and I think that's what I'm I'm meaning, but yeah. Maybe I'm, maybe it's because this is a bit of the world I'm in as well, as well as the driving world. I'm in the content world as well. As much as I don't like to admit that, as much as I hate the phrase content creator, technically that's what I am. So maybe because I'm, I'm seeped in that world a little bit, it bothers me a bit more. But hey, what do I know? I like to use the word celebrity, actually, Terry. But As long as you don't use the word influencer, that'll make me <laughs> kick you out. Um, all right, so let's, let's move on, though. What's your disappointing thing about 2023? Um, actually, it's kind of along the, the 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 similar lines of what you've just said. There is that I think we do have people in the industry, and I find it difficult sometimes. I have to remind myself, especially when I'm on Facebook, that you know we only have about quarter of the ADIs that are actually on Facebook that we've got on the register. And so when I see all this negative stuff, I have to remember that actually there are lots of people out there who have positives. Um, but I think that one of the disappointing things for me is some people out there who were trying to promote the things that are already out there but saying that it's theirs they've created it look what i'm doing it's brand new and i think well hang on wasn't somebody else doing that recently or you know and and that's kind of links me back to what we we're saying a moment ago actually is is there new ideas or are we putting our spin on things but i i find it very disappointing when people sort of try to pull the wall over, especially PDI's eyes, about the information they're producing or the content that they've got, where actually it's quite freely available to everybody. Yeah, I like how you phrase that. And I'm going to use my own example here as well. I'll go back to when I first released this podcast. Right back on episode one, I was promoting Dipod, and I forget what it was called at the time, but currently the, the incarnation of Kit, uh, that podcast, from episode one of mine. And I was doing that because I'm like, I if people listen to this and don't like my style of show, I want them to go and listen to this, where they can still get you know potentially the same information, but in a different style. I never came out going, yeah, I'm this is just me. These guys are doing something completely different. Even with a, we spoke before about your webinars. Then I host some on my premium content. I call them expert sessions, just to be a different mm. name and to annoy people with the word expert, obviously, but. <laughs> There is a tiny difference with them, but I don't bang on saying these are the world-changing difference. It's not. There's a subtle difference, but even with a subtle difference, I don't know if anyone else is doing that because I haven't checked every single webinar I've ever done. Yeah. So it, it's we can try and do stuff, and I think that's the big thing, and I think you kind of touched on it. We need to make an attempt. So, yeah, um, I'm getting very ranty. Let, let's move over to Stuart. What's your disappointing thing from 2023? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll just finish off the, the the copycat stuff with my own um, personal John Farlam story. Um, John Farlam got very upset with me because I wrote um, a driving instructor training course. It, it was completely original. You'd never seen anything like this in your life. It was like <laughs> never been done before. Right? Um, but I called it the Caledonian, which is the name of my driving school, the Caledonian ADI Masterclass. And I stuck some stuff up on Facebook about it and made a couple of passes um, and I used the hashtag Caledonian ADI Masterclass. And it was a couple of months later, um, I woke up and uh, one morning, I had like 10 messages. So I had like maybe three or four WhatsApps and five or six emails um, from, from friends and from some colleagues um, down south saying that John Farrell had written a newsletter um, to his 
subscribers um, basically accusing me of um, fraud and all that kind of stuff um, for using the term masterclass, which he seemed to think he owned. Um, so that was that was I got into trouble for that. Um, so every every now and then on Facebook, when you see a, a Caledonian Part Three pass, you'll see the hashtag hashtag not the John Farland masterclass. <laughs> <laughs> um, because that, that that annoyed me a little bit. Um, so that was just to finish off um, that your your rant, Terry. That, um, <laughs> I, 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 I had one of that. I, I was I was on the other side though. I was the copycat apparently. Um, my I, I had a couple of kind of disappointing things um, in, in terms of the industry. Very pleased with all of us that we've not managed to mention the DVSA in in the disappointing things. So I'm not going to mention the DVSA. Um, my main one. Actually, I'll start with my second one because Tom kind of alluded to it as well. It's really difficult to, um, it's it's going to be really difficult to do the stuff that we want to do in terms of changing the culture of the industry when there's not that many of them in in, in the one place. Facebook is a terrible place to do anything. It's the only place we have because it's got the biggest number of driving instructors. But even then, it doesn't have that many. So where are the other ones? Um, that that that's a bit of an issue. No, that's not a disappointment. That's just a something that irks me um, because I can't see any way of changing that without massive DVSA um, influence. But the one that annoys me the most—it's annoyed me for a while, and I think it always will annoy me. Um, and this might be slightly controversial: is driving instructors, um, but specifically the pass rate. The national pass rate is 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 a bit of a disgrace in my in my opinion, um, and I'm fully sympathetic to um, the arguments of people like Fiona who work with the deaf community, um, people like Judy um, down in Lanark, and many other people who work with um, people with physical and cognitive um, kind of challenges on that on on that front because. We've we've gone through it all with the the, the the trigger system and pass rates, but I, I I can't accept that that's what's bringing the pass rate down to 40, 47, 48 yeah. percent um, most recently. And when driving instructors go off on one about the trigger system, um, outside of those examples that I mentioned previously, um, I find it very difficult to to take their side. Um, and in the same way that I find it difficult to, this is my equivalent of a rant, I guess, I'll try and keep it short. Um, I find it very, very difficult to listen to driving instructors who say, well, actually, do you know, I've always done coaching. I've always been a coach. And then to see those same driving instructors have a complete lack of self-awareness. Because if you don't have any self-awareness, you're not a coach. And to be so unaware of the fact that as a as a as a group, a part of the population, um that are trying to be better, that are trying to get into coaching, that we're, we're trying to address the higher order, the higher levels of the GDE matrix, and we're, we're we're still struggling with the lower level. We we still have a bit of an issue with the lower level um as an industry. So that is that that for me is the most disappointing thing. And do you know, I'm saying about the lower levels of the GDE and skills-based, obviously we don't have the data about why people are failing their test in terms of, I know we have some data in terms of you know observations at junctions, but we don't know if that's lower levels or higher level stuff. Yeah. But it's 
it's stuff that really annoys me. And I guess you build into that. We don't actually know why people pass their driving test. Terry Lefteri does a, does a good um, bit on this um, and, and talking about why that list really, really annoys them. Um, why people fail their driving tests. I can't remember the top five off the top of my head. I should know them. Somebody will get me into trouble for not being an expert, I'm sure. But that is my most disappointing thing of the year. And it will be next year. And it will be the year after that. If you want to get a new guest on for next year, Terry, to keep it fresh, I'll go on somebody else's podcast, somebody else's end of year review. <laughs> well, this was the first ever end of year review anyone's ever done. I came a complete originality with this end of year review. Uh, so anyone that does one in the future is clearly just copy of me. Um, but I'll still do it. I'll still do it. <laughs> I'll pencil you in. Um, <laughs> pencil. The... I, do you know what? I can really see your point there. And I've been really honest on this show before about my pass rate and about how I've struggled over the last two or three years. And I think a little bit of it, you know, ties into what I was talking about right at the start of the show, where my driving school hasn't been up to standard. The lessons might have been, but the rest of the surrounding part hasn't. And I use the word like, my driving school felt a bit special. Now, it wouldn't have been to everyone else, but it felt like to me, it doesn't feel it anymore. And I think that had a big impact on my pass rate. Even though I don't think I don't think the quality of lessons shot, they probably did, because everything else around it lowered. And I put a lot of work over the past year to 18 months into my pass rate. And by not working on driving tests, it's never been about the driving tests, it's about working on the pupil and changing my method methodology and my approach, and there's an easy word for me to say, and I've, I've reached out to people like like Chris and, and, and others to help me with this because I really wanted to break down why I had quite a poor pass rate. And it was, I'm still not 100% sure if I'm being honest, but I think it was largely my approach. It wasn't good enough on some parts. The individual lessons were, but the overall approach wasn't. That's been changed. My pass rate is improving. It's hard to get your pass rate to jump up because it's a tailing 12 months. But over the past two years, my pass rate has been improving. And as you kind of mentioned, you see instructors go off on one about it. I've never done that. I've looked inwards at every opportunity and gone, this is me cocking this up. How can I fix it? Because it's all of my students, not one. There's always going to be the odd one that you can't control, you know, that we're humans. But it's all of your students and not one. And, yeah, I think – and that's where I think I concur with you because I've just taken a massive – gone, I was wrong. Here, 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 here. How can I improve it? Yeah. I'll come back with two things there, Terry. The first one – and I'll forget the second one by the time I get there. But the first one is um, that there seems to be two reactions in my experience when people – um, when when driving instructors talk about fail rates, I guess uh, when when somebody fails a driving test, the first thing is, and this tends to happen when there are maybe on a training license or they're a newly qualified instructor, and they'll maybe identify that they're they're having a few fails on roundabouts. And the issue there is, um, it's skill focused. It's skill focused. So they'll, they'll, they'll go and look up some videos on YouTube and they will try and get some tips and improve about how to teach to teach roundabouts. And that's an issue, for, first of all, for, for all sorts of reasons that we probably don't have time to go into in terms of being topic focused and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the second thing I've forgotten because I said I was going to. 
No, it's going. Sorry, somebody else have to, have to jump in. Well, I will just say that if anyone does want to, in tips not to teach roundabouts, there was a lovely episode of the the expert sessions way back in in April that Chris did. So go and sign up to the premium content. You'll get that. Um, oh, I thought I've remembered. I've remembered. The second thing is it's the DVSA's fault, obviously, <laughs> because they've got a quota and they have to fail a certain percentage. Or he was rude, or he he didn't wave me over to the car after the person had failed. But it's still the driving instructor's fault. Those are the two the two kind of um, responses you get. Whereas what you're doing is obviously the the, the ideal scenario: be self aware, um, and maybe look at yourself a little bit, and and how you can kind of change your overall approach to 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 to, to being a trainer. That's that that's obviously the way it should be. Sorry, that was me. Just before we move over, Chris, I am just going to say that uh, you called it a fail rate. That that resonated for me. <laughs> I'm not calling it a pass rate anymore now. I'm calling it a fail rate because they're the ones I need to think about, the ones that failed, not the ones that passed. I like that. Uh, I'm going to attempt to never, ever refer to a pass rate again and refer to it as a fail rate. That's my takeaway from this 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 show. Maybe uh, don't call it that in front of your clients, though. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, no, because when I'm going, oh, my fail rate is 7%, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. I won't use the set I currently got. Um, <laughs> Chris, uh, is there anything you want to touch on? Because we've spoken about quite a lot there. Just thinking <laughs> nodding away. Yes. Feel free to go into it and then tell us your biggest disappointment from 2023. And I, I think that there's uh, there were a couple of things that just stood out. I, th- I think the fail rate touches on something that I've been, you know, very aware of recently, which is when instructors say, I've got a really good pass rate, and that's supposed to be some kind of measure of the f- of of how good we are. When what a pass rate is is it's an achieving of a minimum standard. So why are we using that as a benchmark to to have achieved a minimum? That doesn't make sense. And and then it fits in with what Stuart was was touching on about GDE and about the fact of you know the the fails are allegedly down to lower level stuff because that's all that DBSA records. But actually, we we know that a lot of those issues are because they're not stretched enough. They're not, they're, their ability isn't enough on those reflective skills, on those awareness skills. Because if they were, they'd have spotted the mistake and done something about it. Um, and it's awareness. And it's not just instructor awareness, but pupil awareness. But if the instructor isn't open and aware, then the pupils are never going to be yeah. uh, because they're going to get held back every time. So I, I think that there's just that element of, you know, I, I like fail rate because actually it stops us wanting to shout about it to our to our clients, pupils. Um, maybe that's what we should start calling it all the time um, because that way it, it's not what we're going to refer to. What we're going to look at are what are our successes and our successes are those moments that we love the things that like make you light up as an instructor, which is the pupil who's failed numerous times elsewhere, not necessarily at test level, but along the journey, it hasn't worked for them because of the instructor they've been with or because of the approach that they had. And we are the one that's been able to unlock that. Every instructor knows that that's the reason that we get up in the morning is for those those ones where where we achieve something. Um, and, you know, they're the ones, yeah. That that I would would like to hang on to. I, I'm also going to start referring to fail rate. Um, I won't promise that I won't 
tag it as my no no we've said we won't do that isn't it yes i, I still i still i still your minimum standards one month so <laughs> Facebook now. I, I will ha- happily refer to Stuart's fail rate. No, of, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what I don't, was the anyone, I don't want anyone talking about my fail rate. Um, no, <laughs> let's not do that. Um, just just to finish off on that, unless you get something else, because the um, the the pass rate being as low as it is 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 my big thing. That, that, that's why I brought it up. Um, but I put a post out a couple of weeks ago on a one of the bright coaching things. Um, just to kind of talk about the fact that the pass rate is the most important thing and you know the, what what is the best driving instructor so it used to be the pass rate and then it used to be the cheapest or first of all it used to be the cheapest then it used to be the pass rate then it used to be who's got the a grade and i'd like to see us just kind of move that on and and have driving instructors who are who have more things to give um to to the learners which i think kind of chimes in with some of the stuff that you were starting to talk about there just more just more stuff um, that that we can do for learner drivers that will enable us to reach that higher level. But again, to go back, if the instructors don't have the skills, the the, the approaches and the ways of thinking about coaching, um, my, in, in my opinion, none of this stuff is going to get off the ground. Can I add something in there as well? And I'm sorry to be the one to be rather negative, but I think it's important to look at both sides. Do you not feel that we're restricted though because... And I think we need the DVSA or other bodies to try and help us with this. But I think most of the learners that turn up aren't interested in that. They're not interested in what we've got to offer other than, can you get me to pass my test in the shortest, most cheapest time? Yeah, yeah. And although I I don't agree with it at all, the same as PDI and ADI training, you know, I think people need to, to look at the bigger picture. However we live in the real world which is the unfortunate thing and we're always restricted on what our customers want so um i had this exact conversation not this exact the, the exact same point was made by one of our driving instructors recently on a, a zoom call we were having um and it's about market forces what does the market want yeah. the market wants to pass the test in as short a time as possible they're just about over the fact that it's not going to be cheap now but they still yeah. want to pass and t- t- 10 lessons off here would be brilliant um my challenge to that would be based on what I've just mentioned. It, I, I, want, I want to live in a world where um, driving instructors' websites, um, it's it's common for driving instructors to say that we will um, offer you bespoke theory test training, one-to-one yeah. theory test training. Whether that's on the, by themselves or whether it's outsourced, I don't care. It's not just what I what my driving skill does at the moment is is the is the wrong way. Um, is the there you go? There's the free pass to um, Theory Test Pro. That's a cop out, and Chris is absolutely right to call yeah. it. I also would like to live in a world where um, driving instructors' uh, websites have things like we're going to teach your, um, your your kids about the the limitations. We're going to teach we're going to teach your kids how crap they are at looking <laughs> and thinking yeah. because of how because of their age. We're going to teach your kids about. Um, the challenges, the specific challenges that they're going to face around having passengers in their car, around driving at night, and all this kind of stuff. And I'm going to teach your kids how to do that properly because I've actually gone and done some CPD in it. I've gone and learned the. the I've got. I've, these are all the courses that I've, I, I've attended. This is the way I was trained. This is what I know. Here's some reviews, and here's Jimmy's review. This is Jimmy, and he's saying. You know, we parked at the side of the road and talked for like 20 minutes about I don't know saccadic masking where. You know, you, you actually miss things because of the way that your pupils work. 
And that just made a huge difference to the way I started making observations at junctions. Why can't we have that on on um, on driving instructors' websites? And if we do that, again, you've got me on my soapbox now. This is going to add an hour on to the podcast, Terry. It's another cultural change. Yeah. Because the generation the, 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 the generation that is the biggest problem at the moment is our generation. It's the parents. Because that's the way that we learn to drive. I learned to drive in, I'm not going to tell you when I learned to drive, but um, I, I learned to drive in like 14, 14 driving lessons. It's, it's my generation that is the problem. That culture needs to change. And we shouldn't accept it. I, I get your point, and you're absolutely right, Tom, but we shouldn't accept it. No. The same way we shouldn't accept poor uptake of CPD with driving instructors. We should still be trying to change it. Soapbox now is passed over. I accept kindly. Um, I think I agree with you both. And what I will say is where I concur with well, screw it. I agree with you both because what you're saying is correct, Tom. It's what people see, but they don't always know what else is on offer. Yeah. I think that's kind of what Stuart was saying. And I go back to what I was saying before about my driving school. That's kind of some of the stuff I used to talk about. I can remember one of my most ever, it didn't, my most ever non viral posts was one where I put a post up saying, I recently saw a driving school talking about how they deliver one hour lessons and you will drive for 58 minutes. And I want to talk about the opposite because I deliver whatever length lesson you want and we will drive as long as you want. And if that means we're doing a three hour lesson at the side of the road, then that's what we do. It got me so much, not necessarily custom, but inquiries and so much like, because again, I'm talking about the things that we can offer that isn't the normal stuff. And I go back to what I was saying before as well about being creative and coming outside. We don't have to be the people that go, oh, yes, well, you can pass in less than 40 hours with me. Ah, bollocks. You can take 70 with me if you want, but you'll be awesome by the time you finished. You know, it doesn't matter. I think that we need to showcase this stuff as well as accepting that if I put a post out tomorrow saying that, not the entire population is going to go, right, I need to go over here. You've said it a couple of times tonight, about a cultural shift. It will take decades for that to change. And I'm sick and tired of genuinely, and if this person hears this, I don't give a toss, sick and tired of the same person I see on Facebook over and over and over again saying, there is no point trying to change culture because we can't screw it. We can't if we don't try. If we can try, we may not change the entire culture. We may change some, which may change, uh, which may save some lives. I'm willing to do that. So, fully agree with what you're both saying. We all need to do more. Every single one of us needs to do more. I've been very, very honest today talking about how crap my driving school is at the minute in terms of the website, the promotion, the social media, all the external stuff. It's something I'm changing going into 2024. It's also something, and I won't bang on about this too much, but I'm trying to bring into the instructor industry. I've spoken about it a little bit around the idea of uh, the, the label driving instructors to Vision Zero. And a very nice play on words there that I'm very proud of. That's coming through in 2024 as well. We can take the horse to water. We can't make it drink. But if you leave the horse there long enough, it will either drink or die. And I don't really care which. We all have a responsibility. Yes. Yeah. Chris. What's your most disappointing thing from 2023? I'm I, disagreeing with what you've just said. Um, that I Because I, I don't think I've ever had a pupil who didn't want to be safe. It's just that they don't understand what safe is. But equally, they didn't understand how a clutch worked. They didn't understand how steering worked. And they didn't know how to judge a junction safely. They thought they did. So 
I think sometimes it's because our perception of what that is going to entail is different to theirs and they don't see it our way that we turn around and disagree with them when actually if the core value, which is they want to be safe, is the same, that's what we've got to work with. And maybe we shouldn't be saying to them, it's going to take you 40 hours. What we should be saying is you need to achieve these standards and they're not the minimum I'm not going to say again, but um, so you know, that th- it should be, it should be those highest. Funny you mention MSA. I remember being in a room um, with the the awesome John Lapine, lovely guy, um, and him him saying that you know all of your pupils, my pupils, were there because they wanted a driving license, not for any other reason. My pupils disagreed, um, and and you know they all wanted to be safe. We we had long conversations about it. That that yes, they wanted all of those things because they wanted the independence, the freedom, but they wanted to be safe. And what I'd help them understand is what safe is. Now, have I totally changed them? Have I have I meant no, not at all. You know, it, because it, it's really difficult to change a person, but what you can change is a perception. And I think there's a real danger in accepting that people don't want what we're offering or what we want because we're we're going to always be at odds with that that actually we've got to find the common ground so so I, while I get it and and I understand it and and you know I get where it comes from I think we have to accept that people don't want to go and die it's just they don't understand what the risk is so yeah um but for 2023 my biggest disappointment <laughs> um is is the lack of change um is is the fact that you know we're still seeing a lot of problems that were there previously um that we've been promised were being addressed and you know i get it takes a long time for a computer system to be designed to redo the waiting list and so i accept all of that stuff um you know i i just think that there's some easy wins that we've not done because there isn't an appetite for for change for doing it differently um and you know i'd I'd like to see more change i think i'm in the wrong here i appreciate that but i'm not disappointed by that anymore because i've stopped caring because i don't expect it i think i'm i've just got to that point where i do not expect the dvsa to do anything that is like wow that was needed well done you know, I, and I, so I, I kind of don't I go back to the comments of um, all the reasons why there's a waiting list and none of them are down to anything to do with the DVSA. You know, I, I, I just, that's what I expect now. So when you're saying you're disappointed by that, I'm very much, yeah, whatever. I, I didn't mention DVSA. Fair enough. Valid point. <laughs> sure, sir. When you say disappointment, my brain does go to DVSA. <laughs> That's um, not what the D stands for. You do know that, don't you? <laughs> There's some acronyms going on tonight. Um, how does it feel, Chris? Because I mentioned before about Motormouth. Uh, I'm just thinking back that I'm at least giving you the opportunity to talk on the show. <laughs> yes, it's it's always appreciated. But, you know, I, 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 I know what I'm in for when I go to do these things. And, um it's if if there isn't competition out there, then we don't appreciate how bloody good Terry Cook is. Sometimes we just don't appreciate how good he is. 
I think sometimes people overestimate how good I am. Um, anyway, moving on to, to, to quarter four. And speaking of people who aren't given an opportunity to talk, uh, there was a NASP webinar in uh, the third final quarter of 2024, hosted by Carly Brookfield. So the chair of the uh, MSA and um, ADI and JC were also there. And for at least seven minutes, we're given the opportunity to talk around Carly Brookfield. Um, other things that took place in the final quarter of this year, one thing I'm going to mention, actually, and I was debating whether to say this because I don't want it to become an in-memorandum episode, and I also appreciate there will be people that don't get mentioned, but it is personal, so I'm going to mention it. We mentioned about quarter three about Lou Walsh. In quarter four, we lost a local instructor, very young, um, Daroy Kingsley. Uh, he was in my local association. I didn't know him brilliantly, but someone who had time for me and someone I had time for, uh, very out of the blue, again, and um, I'll never forget, he put me at ease when I went on my Sanders check. It was my first one, turned up there, and he's like, come here. Add a word, calm me down, and I went out and passed. And I don't think, well, I, he helped. Let's put it that way. He definitely helped. So I wanted just to give a little mention there. And it was one of those occasions where at the funeral, I unfortunately couldn't make it, but it was one of those occasions where at the funeral, all the instructor cars went, and there was a big line, um, so yes, I appreciate there will be people we've lost this year that haven't been mentioned, but uh, my show that was personal to me, so I'm gonna so a little mention to Dell there. But moving on, quarter three was uh, full of events. We had the DIA conference, we had the the expo in Nottingham, and I hope I've got my place right this time. Uh, we had the ICE live event, and I've even wrote down that ICE stands for immersive community education. Uh, we had the NASP webinar, as I said, which was interesting to go to, despite the fact that I was just teasing a little bit. The, the Big Learner Relay took place in, in all kinds of weird and wonderful ways, which was lovely to see people doing their own thing and, and still raising money for children in need. And seeing Lou get the shout-out on the night as well was was also lovely. Um, it was also the time when Chris got a viral sensation, which we spoke about on the show previously, and... I think we can safely say one of the biggest events of the year, the, the Bright Coaching Qualification, was was released in this quarter as well, um, which Stuart has been waiting patiently all night for me to mention, despite the fact that I forgot then as well as previously what it was called. But that was the final quarter of this year, largely surrounded by different types of events. Not an awful lot of news actually going into the final quarter of the year, I don't think, but... Anything there that anyone wants to touch on? Or anything you want to mention about the qualification, Stuart, or anything else? Um, I wanted to ask about um, ice. I, I I didn't go to ice. I've been wanting to go for a couple of years now um, because we I, I actually have a couple of um, VR headsets that I've, I've had since before COVID, and we had a we had the VR. I'm sure loads of people have seen it. Um, the video which was produced by is it the Leicestershire Fire Service? Is it that one? Yeah. Um, so I wonder how. The, the the stuff that Liz Box um, has just been published for um, the the shock tactics stuff not having an effect. I wonder how that fits with the ice confidence. And I'm asking it of general curiosity. I'm not I'm not being I'm not being difficult to try and poke. I'm not I'm not a general curiosity about what the future of ice and VR is against that backdrop of Liz Box's research. That's a really good question. Uh, first thing I'll do is plug that there was an episode all about it way back, just before the start of season six. Uh, I spoke to some of the people there, including the Leicestershire Fire Department, um, about that in particular. 
they are coming back on in season seven. And one of the things that I'm going to ask you about is the, the shot tactic aspect. Um, for me, there's enough there that isn't about shot tactics. Uh, and one that springs to mind immediately was the bikeability stuff. You know, they're putting kids on bikes with like big screens in front of them and then they're cycling down there and seeing, and it's not about seeing crashes. It's about where they're looking and what they can see when they look. So it's not all about you're in a crash and this could go wrong. It's different ways of putting them in that environment in a safe way to learn from this thing. This is just my opinion. And I appreciate Liz Box's um, report may disagree with this. I think there's a place for both. I think that if you, I don't know the percentage, but put 90% of the education in and a little bit of the, yeah, and this is worst case scenario, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that for too long, the balance has been too much the other way. You know, look at all the, I can remember the adverts when I were a kid about if you go near a pylon, about you're going to get electrocuted in those horrific public education films that used to go out that I've been seeing on uh, Twitter recently, but I can remember them quite clearly. So, yeah, I think that there's a balance to be had. But uh, Anything you want to add on to that, Chris, because you were there as well? I I think regarding the industry, it's it's the, the affordability and accessibility of the issues. Um, partly because of the cost. Um, so I I think what we would want from a training perspective, if you're looking at it as a, a direct replacement for something that we've already got, it, it, we're not there. We're not going to be there for a good while. There's There's ways we could make use of it, but we need people with the technical understanding and a bit of innovation that we were talking about earlier to be able to come in and find ways to um, to to re- retrain the way that people people's perceptions or the way that people think in in those core uh, cognitive skills that are then useful, and we often do that with driving instructors uh, with the you know well it's not a computer game, well maybe it can be, and and maybe there can be games that that develop skills there's a really interesting study in um in america that i'm trying to tap into at the moment um which is working with people with adhd who are four times more likely to crash because of inattention to mirrors or or over attention to mirrors actually so they're looking away from the road for too long and that with an hour looking at a computer screen nothing fancy they can correct that and bring it into in inside the norm the norms of uh, non-ADHD drivers. So that there's techniques that could be used. I think we're looking at it too much like, can you put them in a car and can you teach them how to do a junction? Um, and at, at the moment, it's that's mega money and, and there's issues there. Uh, regarding the hard-hitting stuff, my issue with it has always been that we hit them hard and then we let them spiral and suffer. Now, that doesn't work on the people it needs to work on and the other people don't want to get back up again and and get in the driving seat it puts them off um and what we haven't been good at doing is producing a a coping strategy approach that follows that hard hitting stuff um and i from from what i understand of the research it's been looked at in isolation of going you know if we scare you is that going to make you safer but maybe if we show you the danger and then say these are the things you can do to improve, that's when there's actually a a, a pairing that could that could work. Um, have we got to be in fear of our jobs yet? No. Um, are there tools that we can use to to benefit 
Yes, absolutely. Um, there's already a very basic um, HGV mirrors app that you can you can check out on the TRL website um, for kind of looking at blind spots around around HGVs and things. I don't know any instructors that are using it. Um, you know, it's something I've recommended to a few people, but I, I helped design the PDF that goes with it. So you know, it's it's a glory project for me more than anything else because i get to go oh look i did this um but it's then it's it's tapping into what we want i don't think we want it not enough for it to to start happening yet is it worth going to ice um to the to the actual conference um i it's not cheap um for for what it is uh for us as instructors i think it's really important um, we're very much on the fringe of it because of what we do. Um, I, I'm very glad I went. I don't know if I'll go again next year. But if you're going, Stuart, I might reconsider that. So. If I'm going, will you reconsider the other way? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, does that answer your question, Stuart? Absolutely. No, absolutely. There was uh, lots of information. Thank you. Uh, Tom, Chris, is there anything you want to come back on on the final quarter of 2024? £40,000 for children in need via the Big Learner Relay. What an awesome tribute to finish off. Yeah. And obviously, when I said that, I meant the final quarter of 2023. Uh, Tom, anything from you stand out from that? A, a small a small plug, really, actually, just for NASP. I know, I know there are people out there who perhaps think they don't do enough, um, but I think anybody who's willing to give their time to go and try and make a difference is a good thing. Um, and as I'm sure you're all aware, trying to get the DVSA to change is quite a difficult thing. Um, but kind of what we've touched on earlier, if we don't attempt to do it, it's never, ever going to happen. So, you know, I, I'm I'm all for people being able to give their time to try and make a difference. Fully agree. I am going to put a pin in that, though, uh, because uh, I clearly remember back on the first episode of this season of the Instructor Podcast, uh, you were on, Stuart, and you said to me that I need to pull my finger out because Huberman was doing episodes that were over three hours long, and I do not want this episode to be over three hours long. So we're not getting into the NAF discussion right now other than to say I fully agree with you. And you can see the fact that I remember that, Stuart, as you touched her on of Touched her <laughs> on of. Um, so let's move on to the final question then. The final question uh, of, of these five amazingly conjured questions that took me hours to think of. And we're going to come to you first, Rich Stewart. Who would you give an award to and what would it be? Um, so I, I was chatting to my wife about this and she said I wasn't allowed to give myself an award. Um, so um, I'm going to give the award to... Um, three people just because they are doing things um, that is specifically of interest to me um, and and they're bringing it into um, my my industry and those people are Sam Harper, Sophie Thompson um, and, and you because you're, you're, you're into this kind of stuff as well and it's about well-being not not mindfulness specifically, although that, that that can be part of it. I'm not particularly into mindfulness. But the, the whole concept of well-being for driving instructors is is, is really, really important. I've, I mentioned earlier on about my um kind of history, my my I have I've got issues with my health. And anything that we can do, whether that's 
as a podcast, as an association, um, as as business owners, as as San and Sophia, that can help disseminate information, good information. Um, that again, and I, I'm sorry to kind of keep repeating the, the the same phrase that can just change the culture a little bit and get people looking after themselves a little bit more. Um, recognizing that we do actually only have kind of one body and that we cram that body into a tiny space for X amount of hours in the week. Um, if we can do anything to help driving instructors to cope with that, that has to be a good thing. And that's that's very new to the industry. There wasn't, wasn't anything like that when I when I came into the industry. So that's my trophy is to anyone who's involved in the the, the health and well-being, whether that's physical and mental well-being of driving instructors. I think that's a great show. I really do. And, you know, you mentioned specifically San and Sophie there, and I think that's two um, amazing people that are doing amazing things. And I know this respect all to Sophie, but in particular, San, you mentioned that it wasn't going on. She's really kicked into gear with that over the last few years. Uh, Sophie's doing a great job as well, obviously. Both of them contribute to the, the stuff I do. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm big advocate for, for instructors looking after himself. I got quite annoyed today, actually, because I was having my morning scroll on Facebook and I saw someone had put a post up saying, finally giving in and going to the doctors. And did that thing where just before I went to comment or reply, it shifted and then I couldn't find it and I couldn't remember who it was. And I wanted just to reply and go, you're not giving in. You're doing the right thing and kind of put that sort of comment. And I, I think that's it. It's like, we're too quick to go. I need to you know, lack of expression, man up and get through and all this kind of stuff. But we, we, we've got to look after ourselves. You know, we, yeah. we're talking about what they're doing with the students, about the GDE matrix, the different levels, about the all the stuff around that, but we need to do it with ourselves as well. So I think that's a brilliant shout, brilliant shout, Stuart. Chris, who's your award going to? I, I was, I had lots of thoughts on this. Um, and I then kept coming back to the same thing, which is it's it's going to to a number of people um, collectively who made me feel incredibly humbled by how amazing they've been, and I feel have been you know in, in an odd way unrecognised in 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 being so, um, which is is Blaine and. Uh, Blaine Walsh, a Amy Cullen, uh, Lou's sister, um, the the whole family, who achieved the acknowledgement and support of public grieving, when I don't doubt for a second they didn't feel that they wanted to be, but they were very aware of it and and everything else. And I think they've been bloody amazing, um, and you know it they've been going through some some real shit so you know it's it must be an incredible i don't think i could have managed it um you know i i found it hard enough doing the podcast that we did um so yeah those guys you know lose kids um her whole family i i i don't think there's anyone else that i respect more this year um for for what they've what you know what they've gone through and and how they've done it and she would have been proper proud. So, um, you know, that, yeah, that, I, I, I could have slated the DVSA with a trophy, but I decided that it was much more important to do that. I don't think I need to add anything to that. I, I think it's a great show. Um, and, and yeah, I, yeah, great show, Chris. Um, Tom, 
Who's your award going to? I'd like to give an award to um, a driving instructor. Um, Stuart knows him. He's, he's a guy called Jim. He's in, only been in the industry for a few years. Um, and the reason I'd like to give him an award is because of many of the things that we've said in this in this chat today is his enthusiasm is just in unrivaled. Um, I trained him um, as a as a PDI, um, and I'm currently training him probably on a weekly basis, um, whether it's just through phone calls or um, or through meeting up. And his enthusiasm to improve the industry, considering he's only been in it for a couple of years, I just think is is what we need more of. Um, I don't know what the award would be, just for being awesome, because I I like that word as well, Terry. So I think we could probably give an, an awesome award. Um, and yeah, that, that would be the one for me, because I think we need more people like that who are looking to make the changes we all want to make. And I think with more people we've got behind us to do that, hopefully it's not going to take 10 years to do. Hopefully it will take less time. I, uh, I must admit, I like the idea of an award, awesome award. I think that I will have to get some made up next year and we'll create his own awesome awards. Um, you know, screw the, the the other award ceremonies. These awards mean more. We're going to get the awesome awards and we all get to do one at the end of the year. Um, yeah. So you're still in, you're basically still in the idea from Intelligent Instructor. Is that what you <laughs> yes, Intelligent Instructor were the first people to ever do awards and I'm stealing <laughs> that idea. Um, and definitely not going to do it in the same month <laughs> as, as them in any way competing because that would be a complete accident and unintentional because how would I know when they do their annual awards every year it's beyond me um, I don't know how I don't get into more trouble um, the I do just want to mention one thing though Tom because you've said this a lot and I like it you've said the word enthusiasm and enthusiastic a lot tonight and I like that I like that that's a, an attribute or a quality you're drawn to it makes me like you more. Oh, good. Well, ho- hopefully I'm enthusiastic in in using the word. But yeah, I just I feel it's an important thing that we need as a skill or, or a, a quality in instructors that perhaps we don't have. And hopefully we can promote it more. And if you can be equally as enthusiastic about promoting this episode, I'll be more than grateful. Um, of course. Yes. Uh, my award. Now, the, the only thing longer than my list of nominees for my award was my list of failures this year. But I, I narrowed it down to one person quite quickly because I don't think she realised quite how much she helped me this year. Just I, what I've called, I've actually given this award a name which is a Looking After Terry Award. That's what I've called it. And it's to Emma Cottington because she's been amazing for me this year, probably more so in the last sort of nine months of the year. But she's looked after me in ways that she probably doesn't realise she's looked after me, just like messages checking in regularly, um, not accepting, like, okay as an answer, you know, when we do that. Okay, are you? Oh, fuck off. Um, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, so, yeah, I wanted to give a very sort of special little shout to, to Emma Cottonson for, A, just generally being awesome. She also gets the awesome award. But the, the Looking After Terry, maybe this is going to be an annual award, the Looking After Terry Award uh, this year has gone to, to Emma Cottonson, who I will also mention, uh, put into, throw into your quadrant, Stuart, that uh, she's, uh, a self 
self, what is it, um, a mental health first aider who is looking to bring that massively more into the industry next year. Uh, I know she's on a course in February. She's coming into the do stuff for the premium content. So all around that mindfulness, uh, self-care, mental health first aid, another one to chuck in there with Sam Harper and Sophie Thompson. Um, Excellent. So, yes, four amazing awards to, uh, I'm not going to count them, a whole bunch of people. Uh, so does anyone else have anything to chip in on anything we've spoken about tonight? I think we've been... We've gone quite lightly on the DVSA. I think we should all be proud of ourselves. Yeah, I haven't said my last question yet. Um, would <laughs> anyone like to take a moment to, to say anything about the DVSA? No, let's leave them. Uh, the only time I've tried to mention them was obviously during the, the quarterly wrap-ups, but they are the, the governing body. They're, they're key to those points. So, yeah, we should be pleased. But do you know what? I, I will say this. We, I mean, you, Chris, did an episode recently where I asked for questions from the the listeners. And we said at the time, very few questions about driving tests, about the DVSA, or not at least specific to the, the, the obvious things. And I think that just maybe an echo chamber, maybe a slight beginning of a culture shift. Who knows? Either way, I'm happy with it. So I'm going to come to you first, Chris, because you know what you're doing. Uh, do you want to take a moment to tell people who you are, where they Oh, let's do Silberk. Uh What's your name and where do you come from? The highlight of my year, I've been told I know what I'm doing. Yay. Um, so I'm Chris Benstead uh, from Theory Test Explained uh, for all your theory needs, uh, the DITC for all your driving instructor and driving school needs, uh, signposting platform for the industry, uh, where I will tell you to go and speak to the other guys that are already in the room. Uh, but I'll tell you which ones to talk to. I'm good at that. So uh, please get in touch. Uh, the DITC website is is often the best place to get hold of me, uh, theditc.co.uk or theorytestexplained.co.uk. Regarding the theory test, if, if someone wanted to send their students or someone on TikTok, who would they be better off sending them to Annie or you? Uh, if they want one-to-one, send them to Annie because she sends them to me anyway. Don't know how to respond to that, Stuart. <laughs> Do you want to take a moment to tell people about who you are and what you've got to offer? Uh, yes, I'm Stuart. Pleased to meet you all. Um, and I'm the founder of Bright Coaching. And at Bright Coaching, we have written a professional accredited qualification for driving instructors called the PDA Level 7 in Coaching, Behavioural Change and Driver Psychology. It kicks off next year. The first course is full and the second one will be kicking off in July. Um, that'll be open for bookings from January the 4th. And if anyone wants to get in touch, you'll find me on Facebook. Should have mentioned this before. All these links will be in the show notes, particularly sign up to uh, Stuart's newsletter uh, today. Put a lovely one out, appreciation post, of which I came second, whatever. Uh, but thank you for the nice comments in there. It is appreciated. And like you said, you have launched a second cohort for that cohort for your uh, qualification. Uh, I am fully intending to be on there. Uh, I'll let you into a secret after the show, but I'm fully intending to be on there. Uh, gutted I couldn't make the first one, but. Fingers crossed I can make the second. Uh, how excited are you? How pleased are you with where that's gone? Um, I'll tell you what, Terry, I'm absolutely exhausted. I am absolutely, <laughs> I'm, I'm knackered already. I'm looking forward to, um, we should be getting over the final kind of dotting the I's and crossing of the T's by the end of January. And then I'm, I'm probably going to take the whole of February off <laughs> just so that I'm hitting March kind of um, nice and smoothly and, and, and kind of sanely. Um, it's been a brilliant process. Everyone's just been so enthusiastic. People like yourself, um, you know, helping spread the words. People at the NGC have been fantastic as well. Um, and the, the only reason you didn't get number one um, 
two of um, two of your premier members who are watching online with us this evening um, have signed up for the qualification. I think two of them anyway, um, and they were obviously number one because the customer is always always the most important person. So because you weren't good enough. enough. <laughs> um, Better luck next year. <laughs> anyway, so I mean, thank you. I... On a serious note, thank you, Terry, for everything you've done to kind of help spread the word about Bright Coaching. I really appreciate it. I am always happy to promote quality, usually. Um, but yes, uh, no, I'm a big fan of, of, of what's going on there, and, and I appreciate the how exhausted you are. Maybe explain, sir. The hint of grumpiness tonight. The hint of grumpiness. <laughs> um, Tom, do you want to take a moment to tell us uh, what you have to offer and where people can find you? Um, I don't have anything original. Um, I suppose <laughs> to get that out there now. Um, so, yeah, I run um, audittrainer.com um, and do everything from um, CPD to train the trainer. I do quite a bit of train the trainer courses. Um, one of my selling points, which I mentioned earlier, was delivering additional training for PDIs and ADIs where um, we deliver the training around their needs instead of the learner. So I supply a learner um, who comes along free of charge and loves to have free lessons. Um, and we structure the training around what the trainee needs at the time, um, which hopefully will transfer to how they should be delivering their lessons as well. Um, but again, we live in the real world. Um, so, yeah, I'm also head of uh, training, recently just taken on the role of head of training for the ADI NJC. Here's a little secret, uh, behind the scenes secret for people. Um, I often use my premium content as like an introduction for people. So both you and Tom, uh, well, Chris has been on as well, but you've done an episode I do called the, the Standards Check Checklist, where we dive into the competence of the Standards Check. And I often use that as almost like a little trial. Let's see how you are. Let's see how good you are. And if you get through this episode, then you will be back on. And that's that's a barometer. You've both been back on. So that, that says a lot, you know, I think. And also, I kind of mentioned this before, uh, we've planned for me to come and do some training with you in the new year. I like some of the things you've spoke about. I like your approach. Uh, one of my big things, and this is, I hope not taken as a criticism by anyone else, uh, but one of my big things, I have a real fear of judgment and I don't know where that comes from. It's, it's That's one of my fears of a Sanders check is someone sat in the back of the car judging me. I hate it. It's one of the figures being on here and I have no fear of judgment with you, Tom. Uh, so I'm very much looking forward to getting stuck into you later on in the end of the year and that, I don't necessarily mean that the way it sounded. Uh, but yeah, either way, thank you guys for joining me. It's been brilliant. Quick shout out to, to, to my stuff. So obviously you are listening to Instructor Podcast. We are currently wrapping up season six. In fact, this is going out on the last day of December which I think is the 31st, which is also the last episode of the Instructor Podcast Season 6, which is Kev Field and Neil Whiteman of the Audit Academy talking all things audit, trying to convince me if it's worthwhile. And it did take a bit of convincing. Um, so both those episodes going out on the same day. So make sure you check them out. We are then on hiatus until March, where I'm coming back with a brand new series, Series 7, which is all around road safety slash Vision Zero and how we can bridge the gap between driving instructors and road safety campaigns because there is a gap, even though there shouldn't be. So that's coming back in March. However, before then, we have got the uh, the Megana, which is probably on the 17th of January, and we've also got Driving Instructor Day on 
probably the 16th of March, where we are doing a live 6 for 60 on my Facebook page. There's all kinds of stuff you can catch up there. However, even though we're on hiatus, there is still the Instructor Podcast Premium, where you can go and get access to over 140 exclusive shows, specifically for premium members, with at least three added every month, as well as getting all the shows early and ad-free, including this, which means I've got a wedding tonight after I finish. But either way, um, as well as two new tiers I've just put on as a bit of a trial, one is based around accountability and one is based around mentorship. Now, touching back on something I said previously, when I put this up in my premium group, I mentioned on there that this came as a result of a discussion from Lee Sperry and something that he had said on Phil Cowley's podcast. So I did not claim it as original. I claimed it. Lee had said this. I'd been thinking about this. Let's put them together and create this. They're on there as a trial. If no one's taken them up by January, I'm bringing them back down again. But either way, they're there www.theinstructorpodcast.com. All that's left for me says, first of all, I hope no one has taken offence, but the only person I want to apologise to organisation is the MSA. And secondly, let's just keep raising standards. The Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook. Talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. 